The parable of the lost son. It's one of the most famous of Jesus' parables. It's, it's definitely um, in our culture. People, people talk about the prodigal son. Prodigal means I went and wasted everything. <laughs> and the, the thrust of this story is that it doesn't matter what the son did. It doesn't matter what he took. It doesn't matter how he had lived. The moment he came home, all was forgiven. All was forgiven. And there are three messages I want to talk about today in this, um, to do with this story. And the first one is that, that unconditional love. The nature of God's love, which is absolutely unconditional, which has no memory, bears no grudge, is always welcome. We'll never bring up the past, but always say, I'm so glad you're present now. Only celebration. Always home. And Jesus, around this same place, um, told, told another story. He was hanging around with tax collectors and sinners, which apparently you're not supposed to do. And all were gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus heard him and so told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the whole 99 in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So I'll explain some of that for you. But this unconditional nature of love, that not only are you welcome home, but if you get too lost, that spirit, that absolute loving presence will go out and find you. Will go out and find you. I'm going to read another story. This is a story, um, it's a true story. It was told by my dear friend, um, Reverend Christopher Chenoweth, who died a couple of months ago. And I was just going through some of his writings, and this story seems just so beautiful to me. So some years ago on a hot summer day in South Florida, a little boy went for a swim in the old swimming hole behind his house. In a hurry to dive into the cool water, he ran out the back door, leaving behind shoes, shocks, socks, and shirt as he went. He flew into the water, not realizing that as he swam toward the middle of the lake, an alligator was swimming toward him. His mother was in the house looking out the window and saw the gator coming toward him, even as he swam out toward it. In utter fear, she ran toward the water, yelling to her son as loudly as she could. Hearing her voice, the little boy became alarmed and made a U-turn to swim to his mother. It was too late. Just as he reached her, the alligator reached him. From the dock, the mother grabbed her little boy by the arms just as the alligator snatched his legs. That began an incredible tug of war between the two. The alligator, of course, was much stronger than the mother, but the mother was much too passionate to let go. A farmer happened to drive by, heard her screams, raced from his truck, took aim, and shot the alligator. 
And remarkably, after weeks and weeks in the hospital, the little boy survived. A newspaper reporter who interviewed the boy after the trauma asked if he would show him his scars. The little boy lifted his pant legs. His legs were extremely scarred by the vicious attack of the animal. Then, with obvious pride, he pulled up his sleeves and said to the reporter, but look at my arms. I have great scars on my arms, too. Those are because my mom wouldn't let go. We're all scarred. We're all scarred from the alligators in our lives. But that love is always within you. It never lets you go, even when you give up on it. I believe this with my whole heart. And for those of you who have a difficulty with that word father because of your earthly father, know that we're talking about that parent, that mother who will not let go, that father who is beyond our earthly fathers, beyond mistakes, beyond anything that we could experience maybe right here is perfectly, 100%, unconditionally loving. So have you ever had a thought, I've just gone too far? There's no going back now. Have you ever had that thought? It is not true. That thought is a lie. You're never too far gone to come back. And you may have some scars on you when you do. But that's okay. That's what we're here for in this life. Okay, so the second thing I wanted to talk about in regards to the prodigal son. I mean, this is all so beautiful. And that was always when I was taught in Bible class and Sunday school that the point of the story was that God loves you. And I get that. But me, I was the other son. I never did the bad stuff. I stayed home. I did my chores. I anticipated the needs of those around me. Did my very, very best. I had a report card to show that I had straight A's, not just in school, but in life. That's the way I thought. And truly, in my family, um, I had a sister that would get a party if she passed. And no one said anything to me when I made uh, another A, whatever. I mean, and that was like a literal thing that happened. And I would be like, what do I have to go out and like be really bad in school and then get good to get any attention around here? You know, and here's the deal that I know as an adult, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, y'all. And I didn't squeak. And that's sort of the point of this part of the story. The father said, son, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. So are you holding yourself in a place where you don't ask? Or where you don't partake of the goodness of life because you have assigned yourself a role that says, this is, what, this is me, and this is what I do, and this is what I'm allowed to do, and this is what will keep me safe. I call that God in a box. We get to a place where we feel comfortable, 
with what our situation is, with what our view of life is, with what our view of God is, for our understanding of love, unconditional, which we can't have a complete understanding of that. The closest you can come is to think about your child being pulled off by an alligator and not letting go. So this idea that we can put God in a box, that there are rules we have to follow, and that we are better than other people because we follow those rules. That is the Pharisaic consciousness. It's exactly those religious, it's, it was the priestly caste, the religious leaders who wrote the rule books and ticked off names about who was and wasn't following them. And man, were they mad at Jesus because he just went around saying, yeah, yeah, that's a rule and rules have their place. But am I here to serve the rule or is the rule here to serve me? Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? The rules are here to serve you. If the rule isn't serving you, take a look at it. You might need to make a new rule. Or you might need to go, maybe I don't need a rule. Maybe I can just follow the truth within my own heart. And I can, and I can do that safely when my own heart is open, is open to that love within, that father within, that divine presence. And that is the story of the prodigal son he thought he had what he wanted, and he went out, and he squandered it, and he realized the value of some other things. So during that time, when he said he was dead, he's now alive. He's lost, and now he's found. When he was dead and lost, was he really dead and lost? No, he had cut himself off from his source. Think about that for a minute. He pulled the plug. We are all powered by one source, which is a loving God or the presence of love, the energy and power of love. That's our source. That source will never unplug from us, but we can unplug from it. And that's what the prodigal son did. He unplugged from it, and he had been unplugged so long he didn't realize he had the option to fully plug back in. He was hoping to come home and, like, get a battery that would keep him charged for a little while. But instead, it was like, no, 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 come on. We're still here. Plug right in. We will go on as if you never left because the love never stopped. You stopped taking it in. But I never stopped giving it, says our source. And so the other son was plugged in, but he hasn't turned on any lamps. <laughs> okay? He's, he's still um, grinding things with the mortar and pestle instead of turning the blender on. Okay? That's, I know I'm carrying this metaphor a little far. <laughs> but when we're connected to God and we're not challenged by the difficulties of the outside world, it's really easy for us to just take that for granted. Yeah, yeah, God love, I got it. I go to church every Sunday, no problem. But then things happen in the world. Deaths happen, sudden unexpected deaths happen. Divorce happens. 
Being in jail happens. Crime happens. Trauma happens. And we can be so focused on that, on the crime, on the trauma, on the jail, that we forget we're even plugged in and we don't turn the lights on. The lights are already plugged in, but we have to turn them on. Father said, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. There was never a time you couldn't turn on the lamp. I don't know why you didn't, but you could have had a fattened calf anytime you asked for a fattened calf, but you never did. Instead, you were stewing in your bitterness. And I can speak for the second son. <laughs> because what, what my fundamentalist growing up did for me is it made me very rule-bound. I didn't want to break any rules, and I lived very small to try to stay inside this little box. And that wasn't always the most fun thing. So you have got to have your fun some way. So you start judging everybody that's not in your box. <laughs> they must not be, you know, I'm, I'm having a horrible time, but they're probably like way worse off. Or they look like, they look like they're having a good time, but boy, are they going to find out when the judgment comes and I'm in heaven and they're in hell. It's, I, I swear, that was something that I, I don't, it was never, well, the heaven and health thing was said all the time, but it was never said to me that we are better than those people. But everything about my church, everything about the people in my church, everything about my family who were in the church said that we are better than those people. We are better than those people. And we reveled in being better than those people. And then our family fell apart because of trauma, because of alcoholism, because of, I can't even go into it. It would take me an hour. Bad stuff happening. And then what happened is that family that had been around all the time suddenly didn't call us back anymore. Didn't return our letters. And how bereft were we at that point? That's what happens when you rely on something outside of yourself, when you rely on just on other people and on the community around you, you have to plug in yourself. You have to plug in yourself. And when you do, you will realize that the light is always available. It doesn't mean, I mean, you might turn the light on and go, whoo, this doesn't look good. But at least the light is on and you can begin to heal. And that is what happened. Not for everyone in my family. Some are in places where they are still not healed. But I made a choice to begin to heal. I made the choice. It was a choice to begin to heal. And as the years go by, I am more and more healed. Am I over judgment? No. <laughs> am I over um, trying to do everything perfectly? Not, not quite over that. I'm more aware of it. I catch myself at it rather than just assuming that's the way it should be. So way far from any sort of perfection, but waking up every morning knowing I have the choice to plug in or not. The power is there for me. The power is always there for me. Am I plugging into it? So that brings me to the third thing <clears throat> I wanted to talk about. 
the metaphysics of this story. So if you take it further than the father and the son or the, and the other son and the dynamics around that, um, we can look at it as it's every single character is us. Every single character is us. We are, we have that divinity within us. We are the father. The father within is available to us at all times. But sometimes we're like, yeah, I know you got some good stuff for me, but look how shiny that thing is. And we go off after the shiny things and we get our fill of the shiny things or we realize that there is no such thing as our fill of shiny things. It just sets us on a path of wanting more and more and more shiny things. Or we go into addiction and it sets us on the path of wanting more and more and more and more because the more that we are seeking is not out there anywhere. It's not out there. And so what is necessary for us to do is to come home, come home come home to our hearts, come home to our divinity, come home to our connection with the divine, come home to our remembrance of love as the greatest power in the world and as belonging to us, to partake of and to use every day. So yeah, we're the father within and we're that prodigal child. Lord knows, I'm the prodigal child like, I don't know, 27 times a day, maybe. You know, open a magazine. Ooh, I want one of those. <laughs> How come she has one of those and I don't? You know, we do that. But that's okay. We get to keep coming home and there's no judgment when we come home. And the more we do it, the faster we come home. The more we practice coming home, the faster we come home. It's like either we're just not going as far or we've we've got some sort of transport system that brings us right back. That's what practice does. You practice and you get better. You practice remembering and you remember more often. You practice forgetting and you forget more often. Just saying that. So we are that prodigal son and we are that other son. I have no, no difficulty at all knowing that I am that other son that I, I am the one who doesn't trust the Father within, that won't take advantage of the amazing power of that, that is happy just leading, leaving, leading my little life. Do this and this and this and this, and then I'm just going to do the same thing again because it feels safe and it feels comfortable, and I got people around me that go, hey, you're doing pretty good. And so what I have to do is every now and then, you know, I could get resentful there. And sometimes I do. Why is this happening? Why are people who aren't doing the right thing, obviously not doing the right thing, prospering out in the world? Well, what I would answer to that is they are learning that they are trying to fill a hole that is unfillable. And it takes some of us a longer time to learn. And I call that, well, I didn't make it up. I'll take it, the God-shaped hole. You can't fill it with money. You can't fill it with friends. You can't fill it with approval from other people from outside. You can't fill it with your job. You can't even fill it with your passion. There is a place in you that only, only 
can be satisfied by a higher power, by a higher love. And if you forget that place, it's really easy to get lost in resentment, even though the world around you looks pretty okay. I'm not doing terrible things. I'm a good person. Yeah, and being a good person is a great thing. But are you here to find the safest way to be a good person and make as few ripples as possible? Or are you here to celebrate love divine within you and every other person? Are you here to know it deeply within yourself and to see it clearly in others and to gift them with that seeing? There's a quote I've read here before, I don't have it with me, by E.E. E. Cummings that says, sometimes we need someone else, someone outside to say, I see you. I see the light in you. And then we can start believing. Anybody had a person like that in your life? Somebody that finally said, I, I see you. I see you. I believe in you. Here's your opportunity to believe in yourself. And guess what? We get to do that for other people. Can you think of anything better than that? Can you think of anything better than letting and knowing the love that is yours so deeply that you begin by your presence to, to let other people know about their light, about their love, about their power, about how, and then maybe you'll tell a story about how you plug in. And then maybe they need to hear that and they can plug in too. But whatever we practice, we get good at. And I'm going to close today with a, um, a quote by one of my favorite writers, Ignathus Warren. Of all that is wonderful in the human being, our most glorious asset is the capacity to change ourselves. Your father loves you. Thank you. And we'll take that into a few minutes of meditation. So just get yourself comfortable. Breathe. And as you breathe, just sort of locate that heart center. sort of between your actual heart and your solar plexus, this area in here where we feel our emotions, where we know that we're alive. And breathe into that area. Breathe into it as if every breath was a power source. Because it is. Breathe into it as if every breath was powered by love, especially for you. Because it is. And as you breathe, if you're not smiling a little already, I invite you to just smile into that. Yeah, you don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to check off all the boxes. You just have to be present for it. And so breathe in and know that that divine father, that divine love, that ability to not only forgive, but to 
express that there's nothing to be forgiven. You're 100% okay and you always have been. Breathe into that. Practice feeling it. See yourself plugged into that space and feel the power of it. This is a really good practice we could do every day. Just feel the power of the love within you, knowing that it is the love of God because that is the only love that exists. If I love you deeply, it's because I'm allowing God to love you through me. That's what I believe. That mother's strength was given to her by the power of the love within her. And that love did not originate with her. That love is universal. And she plugged into it. So when you can get yourself into a space of feeling kind of plugged in, of allowing the breath that flows through you to stand in for that love, always flowing, always flowing, I invite you to ask yourself, what is it that I have done or do, small or large, that cuts me off from this, that makes me forget? That makes me get so hard on myself that I don't feel like I deserve this love or any other love. And then simply from your heart space say, welcome home. Welcome home. You've always had my love. It has gone nowhere. Welcome home. And then if there is a part in you that is a little afraid of freedom, that wants to stay inside a box or follow the rules or know what the rules are so that you can follow them so that you don't mess up, so that you can say, look, I didn't mess up. from that heart center where that divine love lives, say to that part of yourself, that second son, hey, all of the power of love is available to you and in you. You're already there. You're already home. You're already safe in your eternal soul. And that means you can turn on the lights. You can see farther down the road and maybe you'll go there. Maybe some parts of you that you have closed off, you can be brave enough to open so that the love flows in 
and the little unforgiving parts just let go. They just let go. This is an exercise that you could do every day. So simply in your mind, say with me, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home, and put your name there. Welcome home. Welcome home. Home is right here. You're already there. You're already whole. You're already home. You're already safe. And for that, I have such overflowing gratitude. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for that amazing story. And for sitting with the prostitutes so that I can know that whatever I've done, it's okay. Thank you, love that binds the world together. is that and so it is Amen